So when I was on a family vacation, I think I was the age of 17, maybe 18, I saved a kid from drowning. We were in the Caribbean, staying at a resort, and I was out swimming past the breakers. And there was a child, maybe 8, 9, 10, who clearly was out a little too far. And I don't know if you've ever seen anyone, or perhaps, hopefully not, experience what it's like to drown or to feel that you are drowning. Panic starts. He started to gulp. He started to sort of gulp and... You know, that breath was barely getting deeper than just the middle of his throat. I said, do you need help? He said, yeah. And I did the classic life-saving technique that I knew, which is that you throw one arm around over the shoulder here, down into the armpit. You put their small of their back right up against your hip, and you do a reverse as they say, reverse scissors kick. And I took him toward shore. Now about 25 yards from shore, we hit the other side of those breakers. And because of a huge wave, I went head over heels and I lost him. And then lo and behold, my sister, who was there on vacation as well too, and also had to be trained in life guarding skills, picked him up. And took him the rest of the way in. We got to the shore. He was clearly out much further than his parents would have allowed him to be. Because you remember that scene in Groundhog Day, if you've seen the movie, where Bill Murray saves the kid who falls out of the tree and he says, you never thank me, rotten kid. His parents didn't exactly see what happened. And so when they asked him what was up, he said, eh, nothing. And he ran off scattered. The kid didn't thank me. It's all right. Maybe he's gone on to be a peace negotiator trying to get the Palestinians and the Israelis to the table together. Perhaps he is trying to find a cure for cancer, although it's just as likely that he is a talk show radio host. Who knows? The point is it was a good thing that I was able to do what I did. And I have to tell you, those scenes in movies that I thought were a cliche where someone is so amped up with their adrenaline, that after the adrenaline decreases, they literally vomit, they literally throw up. That's true. I was so overcome, so shaking, that I went over to the side by myself after my heroic act was done and threw up all over the bushes. Now, if you know anything about being a lifeguard, or you have any of these kind of water life-saving skills, you know, in fact, how many things had to go wrong (laughs) before you get to the point of actually having to do a rescue. In fact, there's a little mnemonic device that if you are trained as a lifeguard, what's called a water safety instructor, it's called reach, throw, row, go. Going out there, having to actually do a physical rescue at sea or in a pool is the last thing you want to do. The first thing you want to do is actually see if you can reach someone while you are on dry land and the other person is in the water. Because although this was the closest I think I ever came to achieving, at least in my own mind, any real hero status, most times we can save someone without having to get in the water. Most days of our lives are not really heroic, dramatic, life-saving kinds of days. Most of the time, 
the real meaning in our life just shows up day after day after day after day. And so today I want to take a look at reach, throw, row, go. Shot through the prism of our spiritual practice. How we can apply this way of approaching whatever spiritual plan we are working on in this new year or any time of the year. And recognizing that it depends upon what our resources are, what our motivation is, and how close we think we are to the goal that we'd like to reach that determines how, determines how we approach our spiritual growth. My definition of spirituality is deceptively simple. It is the inner experience of peace and strength connected to an external source of belonging. But there's more than one way to achieve this. There is more than just one way, well beyond the heroic, well beyond that moment that we think we get the realization, the enlightenment. In fact, it is so much more than that. And it has to do with where you are in your life right now that will determine how we approach this question. How would we like to integrate more spiritual growth into our lives? Because the truth is right now, whether I know it or not, or perhaps even whether you know it or not or are fully aware of it, you may be drowning, or in fact, you may just be swimming along or floating by. The point is to be able to integrate growth wherever you find yourself. And so the first of those, reach. I'm going to show you a picture of that. This is, given the weather, an ice rescue, given how cold we are today. You see what's happening. The person who is doing the reaching is on that solid ground, is on that solid ice, is stable underneath themselves, and is reaching down and in to help that person out of the ice. And so when it comes to our spiritual growth, reaching is about recognizing that sometimes we can stay exactly where we are. We can stay where we are and reach out, recognizing that the resources are close by to us. In our spiritual life, the form of this is this, that if it's not broke, we don't need to fix it. If this approach works for you, that in fact you can reach out to what is close by, it means that we have experienced or you have experienced significant spiritual growth already. And what you are looking to do is to strengthen the strength that you have already. If you are recognizing that you can reach out close by, it means that you have confidence in where you are and in who you are, and you are looking for those things that are close by. Perhaps you already have an everyday spiritual practice, and you are just looking to make some slight changes. It means that maybe you are meditating for 15 or 20 minutes a day, and you want to take it to 25 minutes or a half hour. It means that perhaps you already have a yoga practice and you are just looking perhaps to learn some new poses, some new ways of understanding how it is that your body, your mind, and your spirits can grow together. In reaching to what is close by, it means that we're not making any major changes. There's a book that I am recently, recently have read called Nudge. It's actually about, not about, well, excuse me, Jewish mothering, but it's about actually the ways in which... Sorry, I had a Jewish mother, so, you know, I can joke about that. It's about the ways in which very small changes in our life can make huge differences. I recently experienced this when about two months ago, I recognized that I was sitting down to write my message on Thursday, and it just wasn't coming. I had incredible writer's block. I have to tell you, I sat and I stared at that blank screen over and over and over again for many weeks, fighting myself, waiting till Friday, waiting until Saturday to get it done. I tried to change so many other things in terms of what was going on around me. But it turns out it was just one small thing. 
I change the scene that I look out on. I move rooms. I move from one desk to another. And just like that, it shifted. Everything I needed was right there for me. These small acts of simple reframing really can have tremendous differences in our lives. It's just recognizing what we can reach out for with what is close by. What typifies this way of creating a spiritual plan for yourself is an attitude of abundance. That in fact, you in so many ways already have what you need. In fact, you already have it close by and within yourself. And with that attitude of abundance, you are able to recognize how many resources there are for your growth. A mantra for this kind of growth might be a line from a song that we sing here at Wellsprings on a regular basis. It's called Holy Now. And it's really a story of someone who grew up in a doctrinal religion and used to think that spiritual growth was scarce and has come to a place of recognizing that it is all around us. Peter Mayer, the singer, He sings, when holy water was rare at best, it barely wet my fingertips. But now I have to hold my breath because I'm swimming in a sea of it. When we can reach out to what is close by, we recognize that where our lives are, we are swimming in a sea of it. And so many things are able for us. So many things make it easy for us, in fact, to grow our spiritual lives. The second of these approaches is throw, is recognizing, as you see right here, a flotation device, a line, a lifesaver, something that we might throw out into the water, allowing ourselves to stay stable. Perhaps if in listening to these words or thinking about what your spiritual plan for growth is, you're just not sure, I would encourage you to think of your spiritual life right now in this way. Perhaps you're not considering any major changes but you are open to something new and you don't know where to start. At this point, I encourage you to think of your life in terms of being someone who fishes, casting it out, reeling it back in, finding what you get, and then being willing and willing and willing to cast it out again and reel it back in, cast it out again and reel it back in. Typical to this kind of approach in the spiritual life is sort of a survey. If you're not sure where to start, then perhaps what you want to do is just set yourself up where you are reading a lot of different sources. Perhaps it's beliefnet.com. Perhaps there's a number of books that people have recommended to you that you want to try. The only thing you really need when you are throwing it out and reeling it back in is willingness. In fact, your very uncertainty and unsureness of where to start is a great asset. Because as long as you are not anxious about where you can start, you can have time, And you can trust that although it will take you some time to throw it out and bring that wisdom back in, you will in time find it. It will find you. The way of being in this way of planning for our spiritual growth, I think of it when I was a kid. Hour upon hour upon hour that I used to spend on the jetties and the rocks of Cape Cod Simply fishing and waiting. Simply waiting to catch what was there for me to catch. Not forcing it, but allowing it eventually to come to me. The third approach, the row 
approach. Here we see it on a surfboard, but sometimes it literally is in a rowboat. In this way of spiritual growth, perhaps this is where you are in your life right now, you know that you've got to move. You know that you cannot stay stable. You have to leave the dock. You have to leave the solid ground that you are used to, and you have to move towards that which is your aspiration. You can no longer stand still. You have to move what is underneath your feet. But even as you are moving, you can still be supported. Some ways of growing in this rowing way is recognizing that perhaps exactly what you need at this time in your life spiritually is to go and challenge yourself, is to move your body, move your mind, move your spirit, perhaps with an intensive retreat. The only thing that I would encourage you, if that's what you are thinking, to recognize that you do in fact need to move and would like some stability is that you don't need to go and you don't need to row alone. If you are thinking of taking a pilgrimage, recognize that all pilgrims throughout history have by and large traveled together. There is safety in a pack and safety in a number. So if you are at the point in your spiritual growth that your plan that you are evolving for yourself, you are feeling that you are strong enough You still don't have to go it alone. If you're ready to start poking at the outer edges of what you consider your strength to be, recognize that you are asking to change from a place of deep hope. What you want may be far away. Firmly, you know that you can get there. And there is confidence in that journey, perhaps even confidence in the struggle, that when you get winded from rowing, especially if you are not alone, that there will be others to help you journey forward as well. The mantra for this way of spiritual growth is an old Scottish song that I think of, The Water is Wide, that's been done in a number of different languages and a number of different styles. And the love that it talks about in here, I'd like you to think of not primarily as romantic, but as a kind of spiritual orientation. The old song says, The Water is Wide. I cannot cross over, neither have I wings to fly. But give me a boat, a boat that can carry two, and both shall row, my love and I. When you are setting out to row and to find stability in your growth and in your movement, leave room for another besides yourself so that we don't have to be alone on our journey. And the final method, the go. This is the most difficult. This is the one, like where I was at with that kid, beyond the breakers in the Caribbean. The only reason to go, they tell you when you are taking a life-saving course, is that you have no other choice but to get in the water and no other choice but to dive in. See, the problem they tell you when you are taking a life-saving course is that being around drowning people is really, really dangerous. Being deep in the water means that you are not as supported. You have to find a reservoir of strength that perhaps you did not think you had, and I have to tell you, when I was taking my life-saving course, and I did the reach, throw, row parts, and they were easy. 
But then we were, the test was on a lake, this camp that I was going to for years. And it was in over 25 feet of water. And I knew there was going to be an older counselor than me who was going to drape himself right over my back. And I would have to do the escape. And then I would have to go back to him because he was still, quote unquote, drowning. And I would have to put him in that hold. And I would have to get him up on my hip. And I would have to bring him in safely to shore. Well, I knew that it was coming. I knew that he was going to hop on me and try and drag me down. I knew it was coming. But still, it was absolutely terrifying. When we are deep in the water, when we recognize that sometimes we need to dive in, it is because we perceive in our own spiritual life that the half measures we've taken won't help us. And it is time to truly learn Not faith as a content. Not faith as in I believe this about God or I believe that about God or I believe this about spiritual practice. But faith as the kind of being in the world that trusts we will learn in the next moment what we need to. Even as right now we have no idea how to do it. Every once in a while we just need to take the plunge. Now too many spiritual teachers use the go method as the only style of spiritual planning or spiritual growth that will make a difference i don't believe that and i think that actually if we are adopting the go method let's say every other month then in fact we have fallen in love with the drama of what's going on in our life rather than actually paying attention to who we are i believe these go moments spiritually when we are compelled to dive deeply into the water actually don't come around all that often but when they do we must pay attention because very very often it is our own pain our own sickness over our own struggle that compels us to say finally the resources i have are not what i want the aspiration that i would seek is far away from me and finally i just have to dive in These are those moments that we talk about in our DNA and our core beliefs and our core values here at Wellsprings of finding out, literally finding out what happens and how messy and how necessary it is when the caterpillar becomes the butterfly that they were always wanting to be, finding that seed of new life. For me, I've had really just one moment of this in my life. And it was absolutely necessary. It was very simply when I got sober. To look at me, you wouldn't have thought, perhaps, unless you knew me really, really well, that I was drowning. But in fact, I was. The words for me at that time in my life that resonated the most, almost 2,000-year-old words, and in fact, my concept, concept, and concepts, frankly, aren't worth all that much in many ways, Augustine's concept of God is very different than mine. But functionally, this is what I felt and had what I had to turn toward. His ancient prayer that he first felt and prayed when his beloved friend, who he had staked so much of his life upon, died and left him feeling bereft. And Augustine cried from the anguish of his own heart, Our hearts are restless, Lord, until they rest in thee. That is what I felt so deeply. When we know that there is no other choice for us but to go, we dive in and we recognize, well, 
even if we don't know what is there yet, perhaps we hope we will find something and we will discover who we are to become. And even yet at this go moment when we have to dive in, it's not hopeless. I think any of us that would make an intentional change in our lives do so implicitly from a place of hope, recognizing that where there is life, there is hope, even, as we can say at the same time as the old spiritual does, wait in the water, God's going to trouble the water. When we recognize that we just got to go and dive in, the point is the water's troubled already, and we're just learning to swim in it. This is spiritual life without the training wheels. And I think eventually, in one way or the other, we are all going to have our moments when we just need to go. As I preach this message, and I was preparing to preach this message, I actually went back and looked online to make sure that I had the mnemonic correct, that it was reach, throw, row, go that I had the right order. And actually, I've added one thing that wasn't a part of how I was taught. It actually, and it completely makes sense, precedes the reach, throw, row, go. Which is that if you are trying to do some spiritual retrieval or life-saving with your own life, before anything else, before the reach, throw, row, go. The first is preach to yourself. Encourage yourself. That's actually what they tell you to do to help a drowning person or a swimmer who's in distress. I'm here. I'm going to try and help you. In our spiritual growth, it is so important to internalize that voice. That whatever resources we may have around us, it is so important that the willingness within us is there. That we will remember to encourage ourselves, which literally means to give ourselves heart. To preach, not at ourselves, but to ourselves. And recognize that it is belief in the power of our belief that finally is the most motivating, most important, most essential factor in any growth that we will ever experience. Especially towards this start of the new year when we are looking perhaps for the right motivations, the right energy, the right place to start. Well, the right place to start is easy. It's where you are and it can be no other. And the right thing to start with is simple. Just have that willingness to grow and you will find your way. Amen. May you live in blessing. Let's pray together. Spirit of the shallow water and of the deep. May we recognize this very day where we stand. 
May each of us here recognize the resources that are at our disposal and our willingness to make use of all that is presented to us. May we not adopt someone else's course or prescription for our spiritual growth, but reach deep into the very core of our lives and refine again our motivation for living lives of depth and purpose and meaning. May we know the ground upon which we stand. Know that it is sacred because we stand there. And may we also, when it is necessary, recognize the limitations of that ground. And although it is disquieting to know it is, may we also find their faith, knowing that we can step forward, swim forward, move forward, go forward, and that what is waiting for us, whatever path we would choose, is life more abundant, more deep, perhaps the very life that we have been waiting for all along. Amen.